0: And lastly, I encourage people to think about what is more important and think about if they'd rather live in fear and this mindset of, you know, what if I need this or what if I regret it with everything, or if they'd rather live in freedom by letting those things go and truly opening up the physical, the mental, and even the emotional space to just live in your home without feeling so bogged down by clutter.
1: You thought it, but we said it.
0: I'm
2: Alexis, a certified leadership and life coach, certified postpartum doula, sourdough educator, CrossFit level one trainer, birth fit coach, a beauty counter brand advocate, and a mom to two
1: kids. And I'm Sam, a certified and licensed therapist and mental health first aid trainer in a nine to five-ish job, along with also being a beauty counter brand advocate, in addition to being a new mom and open IVF storyteller. We consider ourselves to be walking balancing acts and fellow mindset shift mavens. Perspectively Yours is our platform where we dive headfirst into conversations on topics that can make or break us. We speak to women about the things we often think, but don't say out loud and how we can shift our perspectives around them to build our resilience and normalize our experiences. This is for the woman who wants a full plate and a full cup without burning out.
2: We're sharing our stories and inviting others to the table to provide insight on cultivating resilience, shifting your perspective, and
1: moving forward. So let's spill the tea and get started. Hello. Happy Saturday, my friend. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am so good. I am like in Christmas mode. I know this is being posted after Christmas. So we're ahead of the game guys, but we really thought that this episode that we're going to record today would be such a good episode for early January. So that is why we are recording right now. So if if you're listening, we're having this conversation pre Christmas, but it's a really great new year's, uh, January 1st episode. Totally. Which is like, and honestly, I feel like I've started this process already and I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a sneak peek where we're, we're going to be talking about decluttering. And I don't know about you, Alexis, but when something's in my way, it just goes right in the garbage. Like people who collect, I, I get it, but I don't because I'm like, I can't deal with so much stuff. <laughs> oh my all.
2: gosh. You are, we're just, the more that we have these conversations, the more that I'm like, we're like the same person, Sam. <laughs> because- I do that too. And then I have my friend Liz, who's like really, you know, her space is really passionate about sustainability and not throwing everything away. And so I always think of her. And at the same time, I'm like, I'm just going to throw all of this stuff into my garbage because I cannot even deal with it. And kids, which you will learn as they get older, come with so much stuff that you're like, how did this even get into my house? I do not understand how this has happened.
1: No, well, I blame it on my mom. My mom is very much into getting rid of whatever. And yet uh, Rob's mom is quite the opposite where she holds on to a lot of things that have a lot of sentimental value. And I'm like, I ain't that sentimental. Adios. Yeah,
2: (laughs) I have like one box or one section in my attic storage space that's just kind of sentimental things. And the one thing that I do hold on to purely for sentimental value is the kids' clothes. Like, I have pared them down to my favorite things, but I cannot get rid of those. And so those take up quite a bit of space in my attic closet. And they just Mm. are sitting there because I just, I don't want to let them go. So that's the only thing I'm
1: really sentimental about. I have a box, but it's much smaller. And it has, I mean, it's got things in there like... Articles from when I was in the newspaper in high school or in college playing sports or achievements or ribbons. It's got some pictures, some cards, some really meaningful pieces. But I really try to, like, confine it and contain it to, like, a little bit larger than a shoebox. Yeah. So yeah. And we'll have one for Logan, too, eventually. Yeah.
2: That's so smart. Well, I'm sure Courtney is going to have a ton of ideas for us. So let's introduce her and we can get chatting with her and see what she has to say about it all.
1: While we were rambling about decluttering, the whole reason that this conversation even started was because I met Courtney through Instagram. And Courtney is a wife, a mom, and owner of Declutter and Dwell and the founder of the Simplicity Society. She is passionate about helping moms find sustainable rhythm of decluttering that fits into their busy lifestyles. Her goal is to help moms create a home that is cozy, lived in, and easier to manage, and her heart is to walk alongside them on this journey because it's more fun when it's done together. So Courtney and I had connected, and we're going to talk about the digital decluttering space as well and simplifying. Welcome, Courtney. We are so excited to have you. Thanks for having me. So can you tell us a little bit about your personal journey of decluttering?
0: Yeah, so it all started when I was living in an RV and then a tiny house, and I was working as a nanny. So I wasn't yet a mom, um, but I had this really interesting perspective because I was, you know, taking care of kids throughout the day while also managing their home, which is typically part of the job. Uh, working with several different busy families and. I started to see that there were things that could be uh, done easier, like cleaning up wouldn't have to take so long if there weren't so many toys or, you know, dishes. And uh, I kind of took both of those experiences, both with me and my husband living in, I mean, it was like less than 200 square feet. That was a journey on its own. Not, I mean, literally only having what we needed because there's only so much you can fit in a tiny house, right? Right. Um, Combined with the experience of working with these busy families, Um, so that's where it started. I'm a mom now, and I have, of course, a new perspective having a baby and you know having all the things that come with it. Especially uh, being that he's the first grandchild on my side, so he's totally spoiled, right? Um, And I've had it's been an interesting journey. I've had these different, I think, lenses to look through um, as far as just seeing what can make life simpler and ultimately at the end of the day it's getting rid of stuff.
1: I'm actually very curious on two things that are not in our topic questions today, but one about living in a tiny house because I see all of these things on Instagram and on TV and I'm like I I am not a minimalist, so I'm going to make that clear. I'm not a minimalist, but I hate clutter and I feel like I how did you really narrow that down? But then number 2 when you think about a baby registry and all of the things that people add to these baby registries that are sometimes nice to have, sometimes they're really just not necessary and I think they market to babies or uh, moms expecting, families expecting as they do to people and like who are getting married with all this unnecessary stuff. How do you decide like what was absolutely necessary and what you didn't have when it came to having, you know, a baby and a baby registry and and also, you know, your, your tiny home experience. I know those are two very different things, but I'm just so curious about that.
0: So, like I mentioned, we started out in, in an RV. Uh, My husband and I had gotten married, we lived in an apartment. And then when our, you know, one, when our year lease was about to end, we were talking about, you know, what's next. And my husband (laughs) being just more spontaneous. I mean, he's pretty spontaneous, but he was like, what would you think if we bought an RV and like got rid of a bunch of things and lived in it? And I was like, Hmm, okay. That sounds great. I mean, it was just us. We were young. It was like, why not? So we bought the RV and my husband is very handy. He's, he's, you know, worked in construction, he's built houses. So he, he knows, you know, his way around. And so once we were living in the RV, we were like, well, what's next? And he said, well, I could build a tiny house for us to live in. So he built the tiny house that we then moved into. Um, and we lived in that for about a year, but yeah, so it really was just a spontaneous decision that
1: we decided to do. And it was really fun. How did you decide what you needed and what you didn't?
0: Good question. So, um, and I guess I did mention this earlier, but my, Kind of mo. I've always been a pretty simple person. So I know there are some people out there who you know help people declutter who really struggled with clutter. And so they've had this transformation, and now they can walk others through that. But for me, I never really did. I always just, and I know like you said, Samantha, like you're not super sentimental. I'm not either. And so it's easier for me to just like get rid of stuff and not really worry and be like, eh, if I really need it again, you know, I can replace it or I'm not super tied to things. And I will say to that, if you are somebody, if you're listening and you're somebody who does feel like, what if I get rid of it and I need it again, 99% of the time in my own experience and my clients, many clients, you know, they'll tell me, oh, wow, I got rid of it and I didn't actually miss it. I didn't, you know, think, oh, you know, I didn't regret it. I made the wrong choice. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, I think we just thought like, okay, what are the essentials? Like, what do we use every day? You know, what are we wearing and everything else? we just
1: got rid of. How do you have that conversation with people who are more sentimental? So let's just say for argument's sake, like children's artwork or projects they've done, or I'll use Alexis for an example, clothes that they're very tied to. What's your solution for that? Or how do you approach those conversations?
0: Yeah. So I encourage people to have a finite space. Like you mentioned, Samantha, you said you had a box that you, you know, have some kind of box or bin or whatever that is that you can designate for sentimental things and you can categorize them. I mean, I really pride myself in having a flexible about being flexible because there are people who teach more of a rigid method. And I found that that can just kind of feel like, ah, uh, you know, getting caught up in all the logistics, but really at the end of the day, I mean, at your house it's your life. I want you to have the things that are meaningful to you. And for some people, that's not going to look like chucking everything out the window, like maybe me or Samantha would do, right. But they want to have, you know, a little bit more. Um, and I think that's great. But if you know, you're know you overwhelmed, and you're drowning, because you have an entire guest room filled with, you know, all of these things, then maybe it's time to simplify for your own mental health and, you know, to, have to open up the space and I think we have to go back to why we're doing it. Like, why is it so important to simplify? Do you need mental clarity? Do you need a room in your house to be functional? Do you want just things, you know, do you need things to be simpler at home?
2: That has me wondering, like, What kinds of mindset shifts do your clients have to make when they're going through this decluttering process? Is it something that you feel like you have to walk them through quite a bit or do they pretty well just kind of like follow the steps and do what they need to do?
0: Yeah, it is typically something that takes some time. Um, And I think a lot of people realize later on, once they've gotten started with the physical decluttering, that there is this whole other side where you have to go through like the mental work and the thought behind, you know, why am I so attached to this or why don't I want to get rid of this or why does this feel so hard? And there are so many different reasons. Um, But something that I like to encourage people is that things serve us in seasons. They don't have to stick with us forever. They can be really useful and really beneficial for a year or two years But after that time period, they may not work anymore. They just may not be something we're using or needing. And it's totally okay to pass it on. And something that I also like to do is encourage people to give back. So not just chuck it. I mean, sometimes, yeah, there are things we need to toss, especially if they are in great condition or what have you. But something I've even been doing this month and really being more intentional about is getting rid of, you know, things that I'm not using, and then giving them back to bless others. And that's a great part of the decluttering process that I think can be more fulfilling and bring more purpose too without just feeling like, oh, I'm just chucking stuff, you know, into a landfill. And I know some people can be worried about that. Another thing too, is I would encourage you to ask yourself and think about who you are without your things. Because Sometimes we can find our identity in the things we own, how many things we own, the brand of the things we own, you know, and it can really trip us up because we think, well, I can't get rid of these things, even though I'm not using them, because I feel like, you know, I am who I am because I have these items or these brands or whatever that is. And lastly, I encourage people to think about what is more important and think about if they'd rather live in fear and this mindset of, you know, what if I need this or what if I regret it with everything, or if they'd rather live in freedom by letting those things go and truly opening up the physical, the mental, and even the emotional space to just live in your home without feeling so bogged down. Clutter. So it does take some time, but I have seen once they do that inner work and they can start to dig a little and kind of find where all of those things are rooted in, it really does bring a lot of transformation.
1: There are so many great nuggets of information that you just shared that I want to touch upon. And I guess my first question to you also is: Do you have a background in psychology? Because what I am hearing is that there is and what I know, and I don't, I don't want to to diagnose here because not every case is that serious or that extreme. But it's very similar mindset struggles and attachment in hoarding, and there's an emotional attachment to things because it keeps something or someone alive, or a time and place alive, or it's an identity. Or if I let go of this, I don't have that person or I lose my memories. And so a lot of that ties into the struggles who of people who hoard. And again, that's a very extreme situation. But there's similar mindset struggles on how we physically let go of items, especially when there's been grief or trauma. So have you ever worked with anyone who has been on the extreme level, and there has been more forms of hoarding? I'm just curious.
0: I don't think I have. I mean, I'm, there's obviously a scale, and I think a lot most of my clients, I'd say, are in that middle ground. So we're not quite a hoarder. I will say, I had, I did have a client who, or I do have a client who, um, her parents were hoarders, and so that's where, how she grew up. And so she, once she was an adult, you know, we connected, and she realized, oh, I want to just totally transform my life and not have my home be, you know, how it was growing up. But I will say over the years, um, I've been running this business for a little under four years, I think. I don't have a like professional background in psychology. But over the years, I have seen it come up almost every time You know, when I'm talking with somebody. I re- I've realized it's so much more than just the physical stuff. Because I know we can often pair or link decluttering with like, oh, let's just bring the bags to goodwill and like, okay, we're getting rid of the stuffed animals. But it really does go a lot deeper.
1: Yeah, it absolutely does. Because if it were that easy to just get rid of, we would all do it. But there's an emotional attachment to all of it. How long do you say it typically takes for someone to be able to let go of those physical items?
0: Hmm. That's a good question. I think, well, of course, it's different for everybody. Some people are more more willing to let go um maybe a little bit faster than others i also think um it depends on what it is and i guess well like when you get started i always say to start with something that feels easy um so that you can build up momentum to work up towards the harder things so i think usually it doesn't take too long and i think too if they're especially with clients like if you're reaching out to me and you're like i need help that actually (laughs) That part probably usually takes the longest for people because they finally realize and can say, okay, I'm committing to getting the help. And then once they're there, usually they're like, okay, I'm desperate. Like I'm ready to go.
2: I'm curious what for you is so meaningful about the work that you do. So
0: I love being able to see women, especially moms, because I really do work mainly with moms. I love being able to see that they've realized that they can do it because so often they feel like, you know, I'm I'm not type A, so I could never have this kind of home or, you know, I'm not the super organized person. And so there's just no way this could ever be possible for me. But when you just focus on getting rid of things and you're not as focused on making your house look perfect or organizing it in such a way that, you know, nothing ever falls out of line, but it's like, no, all I have to do, I have to, you know, do some of that work and declutter and I can do it. Like I did it and I accomplished this. And ultimately helping them lighten their, both their physical and their mental load, because we know as moms, like we have a lot going on. We have a lot we have to do, but we also have a lot that we're thinking about constantly. And that clutter, especially the physical clutter, it's such a Pressing reminder that we have more to do. We can look around our home and we, you know, we see the the pile that needs to be, you know, the laundry that needs to be washed, the papers that need to be put away. I mean, it's like, it just feels like we can never rest. And I have so many women say, I just feel like I'm always doing something, I'm always cleaning up after somebody else. And so I love getting to see them simplify that and then have more time because we all want more time to really be able to just take a minute to themselves or just to not be cleaning because, you know, who wants to be cleaning all day?
2: Yeah. And I, I can imagine this as a lot of, a lot of the people that we talk to and a lot of the conversations that we have is that a lot of, a lot of the work that we have to do to grow as humans is a lot of work upfront. Like it's, it's just a lot of work upfront for Goals down the road. And I can imagine that for people in that space, you're like, you're there coaching them through this like hard work that they're going to do. And then you get to see, you get to walk alongside them then when they get to have the results and how incredible that would feel. Cause I know that that's how I feel with clutter. It's like, it's, <laughs> there's just, there's so much stuff to do. And like when I'm in moments of, complete overwhelm spiral. And there's stuff everywhere. Like you should see my desk right now with my computer. It's not looking so hot (laughs) with teacher gifts and like beauty counter stuff everywhere. It's just all over the place. And I just am sitting here with all this stuff. Like I have a lot of work to do and it can be so overwhelming. And the, the feeling of imagining the feeling of getting to sit down and not have that be the case even that in and of itself feels so good. So I bet that that is just incredible to get to walk with people on that journey.
1: Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of mental clarity that comes from the physical decluttering. I feel like my brain, think about even the brain dump, right? Where we brain dump everything that's on our minds, everything that we're thinking, our to-do list, which Alexis and I talked about the other day, that is just never ending. And simplifying that so that it feels achievable and attainable And then we're able to have more clarity about the things that do require us to pay more attention. So I know that when I feel like I am, I have decluttered my space, I just feel not just physically better, but like mentally better completely. Can you tell us a little bit about, because you also work in the email marketing space and um, brevity is not my strength, which I'm sure you all know at this point, Courtney definitely knows because she's like, oh my God, Lots of information. So I have a lot of information. I'll just use myself as an example. I have a lot of things, a lot of information, a lot of ideas that I really try to break down, but I don't always do a very good job at. And sometimes that includes more than just my ideas, but just files on my computer and emails. And what are your tips and tricks for both digital decluttering and your, I'll say, your physical decluttering of a house? Like your your top suggestions.
0: So with digital, really the main areas that I focus on, at least that are most pressing for me, files, like you mentioned, like the Canva graphics, you know, all the things that I've saved. Um, So frequently going through those, I don't really have a set timeline, but um, probably going through them. I mean, really, when you notice that they're overwhelming, like usually I'll go in, I'm like, okay, if I can't find what I need right away, it's probably time to declutter them. And honestly, I do need to do it. Um. So going through files, um, going through photos, which I know is really hard. And it's funny because before I became a mom, I was like, it's not hard to declutter photos. And literally last night I was going through some of them and I was like, oh, this is hard now that I am a child because I realized, and it's funny because some moms had told me this, it's hard because all of the photos that you have remind you of, you know, that time in their life or that day when you guys did that thing. And so it's hard to like get rid of them, Right. So, um, declutter, you know, duplicate photos, random screenshots, start with those things. Cause it's like, you know, we all screenshot things and save them. And then we realize we don't need them. So things like that, that feel a little bit easier. And then you can work your way up from there. Um, and then email too. I know this can be a biggie, especially when you're like, I have 20,000 emails in my inbox. So just like with physical decluttering, start with like 15 minutes go in, you know, bulk delete or whatever you need to do to just make a dent, even if it's small, because, you know, if you can do 15 minutes for, you know, however long you'll eventually knock it down. Right. Um, or if you want to do like set aside, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes or a larger chunk of time where you can go in and just do it. Um, what's important is that you have, like, you can give all of your focus to it. I always say, if you have 15 Focused minutes, like not, you know, wrangling your kid and doing right, but like you can just knock it out, you can get a lot done, which leads into the physical decluttering. I know a lot of the time when your home feels like just chaos, you know, it's easy to think, well, 15 minutes, it's not gonna do anything. I'm just gonna wait until I have, you know, four hours on a Saturday. And a lot of the time that's just not realistic and it's overwhelming. And then we start, you know, we pull everything out. We're like, rah, rah, this feels great. And then, you know, 30 minutes later, we're like sitting on the floor, you know, scrolling Instagram, because we're like, I'm overwhelmed. And I don't know what to do. So now I'm just going to shove everything back in the cabinet, pretend it's not there and just like live my life. And it happens a lot because we feel this overwhelm uh, paralysis, and then we don't know what to do. So instead of, you know, going in full force, feeling like, You have to do it all at once. Start small, just like with anything else, right? Like clean beauty, you know, just start small. One thing, one small space, one drawer or 15 minutes, do it. And again, like I mentioned, pick somewhere that feels easy. So no, let's not dive into the garage or your closet. Maybe it's the junk drawer. Maybe it's the fridge. I mean, chances are it's going to be easy to declutter the fridge, right? You're not going to be emotionally attached to the leftovers that are, you know, growing mold. Right. So get rid of those. And then from there you can build momentum and work up towards the more challenging things.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I also think about like maintenance cleaning as you're saying that, like, I, I mean, I'll be honest, I have a cleaning person come in twice a month because it's just what we need help with. It's just where we need the most assistance at the moment with our schedules. But with that being said, I do not allow my house to become an absolute disaster because every day, like for instance, like when the mail comes, there are a lot of people who let mail just sit and pile up. I go through every single day, what's junk, what I need to keep. If it's important, it goes on my desk to do something with. Do I get to it when I'm supposed to? No, it might be there for three weeks, but I at least opened it and have cleared the pile. Or it's funny you said that about the throwing out leftovers. I did that yesterday because I knew I was going to be going to the grocery store. So I think when you break it down into small achievable parts. It feels less overwhelming when it's just like keeping up with maintenance, but I had to do a clothes switch because we don't have enough space for, I also have entirely too many clothes and I don't have enough space for both seasons of clothing, like the cooler and the warmer. So I literally avoid the switch, like the plague. It just, the boxes sit in my room and it took me like three weeks to do. But like the fact that the boxes were sitting there was like making my skin crawl So you definitely not, it's overwhelmed, but then that procrastination just feels so much heavier than it needs to. Oh, and I'm going to give you a plug here. So um, in email marketing, she specializes in beauty counter email marketing. And one of the things I learned from Courtney very early on was one, brevity, but two, um, like chunking your time to plan out emails, like to have a, you know, if you've got an email series you need to set up, Set up entire Q1. If you want to do one for one one a week for the first quarter, that's 12 emails. Whereas if I think about it as, oh my God, I have to have all my emails for my first quarter, that seems overwhelming than then the words that we're telling ourselves about what it actually means.
2: Yeah. And that kind of leads me a bit to my next question, which is, do you help people set up maintenance systems for after you're done with the decluttering process? So like like Sam said, with how are we going to deal with the mail now, now that we have a system in place of like where everything gets stored and we know what to keep and what to throw away? Because I don't know about you, but I was not modeled or taught any of these things. And so I have I like you're going into it with a fresh brain a lot of the time and that can feel overwhelming. So I'm curious what you do, if you do any of that, like setting people up. For after you're done with the decluttering process?
0: Yeah, that is a great question. So, I teach decluttering in a way. So, I will say this some people feel like, oh, this is scary, but it's actually really good. So, decluttering actually never ends because you're always going to have stuff, right? And you're always going to have to get rid of things. However, it does get easier over time if you are. In maintenance mode. And you're also uh, mindful of what you're bringing in, because they will have clients who will do a bunch of decluttering, but then they'll go out and go shopping or, you know, they'll buy a couple things here and there. And then they'll, you know, message me, Oh, my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. Oh, shoot, it's because I wasn't super careful about what I was bringing in. So I teach decluttering as really this lifelong process. It is going to be more, uh, probably a little bit, well, I was more lengthy in the beginning as you are doing that, what I like to call initial purge. But then from there, you're still using the same uh, techniques to declutter. It's just not as overwhelming, if that makes sense. But when you are in maintenance mode, um, I think you are more mindful about what you're bringing in, right? Because you want to maintain it but then also you're intentional about sending things out so that you don't end up back where you were because you know, you don't want to go back there because you, you know, you know how you felt, you know, the work you did. And so it's like, okay, and it's not, it's not about keeping things perfect or never having mess, right? Like, okay, I'd be cluttered. Now I'm just going to live and I'm never going to have mess in my home again, which is like part of my bio, you know, creating a lived in home, right? One that feels cozy and ultimately, Easy to manage. So, easier to clean up than
1: it was before. Do people often come back to you because they've gotten back on the wrong foot? So, I have a membership, which I encourage.
0: You know, of course, we welcome people to stay forever. Not everybody does because a lot, you know, sometimes it's like, no, I'm literally done. Like, I actually don't need you anymore, which is great. You know, it's like, okay, bye. You know, I'll miss you, but it's also like, okay, this is great. Like, you literally don't need me. This is, that was the point, really, right? They, they know what to do. So, as far as people coming back, I think I've had a few, but most of the time, either they're still working because, like I mentioned, it's really a lifelong thing. So they're like, I'm not done, but I'm still kind of chugging away, plugging away, or, um, or they have, you know, really made a lot of progress and they're like,
1: I'm good. Can you tell us more about the membership? Like what's included in the membership?
0: Yeah. So every month we focus on a different topic to really break it down, make it feel easy um, and have a different focus for the month. So um, in January, we're really focusing on simplifying well, this is going to sound overwhelming. I was going to say simplifying the home. We're not doing the whole home, but really focusing on those key points. Cause you know, in January, everyone's like, I'm ready to purge. So we're going to go through some different areas, you know, working on like 15 minutes of this, 15 minutes of that, you know, in February, we honestly will probably do digital decluttering. Um, But you know, we always have a different focus so that it feels attainable. And then within that, you know, we'll have two classes a month. So I'll teach one on the topic, and then we'll have a guest expert come in too. Um, and that's one of my favorite parts because I love finding guests that align in some way with what I'm teaching. So we'll have you know, therapists come in, we'll have people come in and talk about meal planning. Like if we're talking about the kitchen, we'll have someone come in and talk about you know, meal planning and it's super fun. So really bringing in a guest in some way to help them simplify their life. Um, and then we also do a decluttering challenge every month to help them implement what they've learned.
1: Wow. I love this. Um, I have more follow-up questions on that. So are any of these, aside from the classes, like one-on-one sessions, are these going through email or like a group chat or a Facebook group? Like how are people communicating with you within the membership?
0: So we have an app we use, it's called Mighty Networks to host the membership. So the classes are on Zoom, you know, people can join, they can watch the replay if they want to ask questions, they can post them in the group. Like think about it like a Facebook group, but not Facebook, private space, you know, ask questions, chat with other members, things like that. Um, I do have one-on-one coaching that I offer, but that's like an additional upgrade that they actually exclusively have access to as a member.
1: Yeah, actually um, I was part of, I don't know if you follow her. She's more in the network marketing space, but Colleen Nichols her program, No Shame Sales Game, actually used Mighty Networks, and that's how I I learned about it the first time. That's fantastic! Wow, I really like that. And and how much does a membership cost?
0: Thirty seven dollars a month.
1: Excellent. How many people do you currently have working with you in there?
0: Oh, uh, I don't. So I don't keep track of the number for okay. reasons. But oh, uh, right now we probably have around fifty or so.
1: Okay. That's awesome. That's, that's really fantastic. And I, another follow-up question to that is, you know, um, shows like the home edit or, um, other services that have become a lot more popular, like organizing services, they come in and they, they do that for you. Have you ever partnered or had someone, you know, like that come on and, or do you work with them at all? Is there any kind of collaboration there?
0: Like specifically with organizers or, mm-hmm. so what's funny about this is, Because of what I teach and because it's so focused on getting rid of stuff instead of organizing it, I actually talk a lot about how decluttering is like so much better than organizing. So I don't partner with any organizers. Not that I'm anti-organized, but I do. That's actually part of what I talk about. So, well, what I talk about because it is, I think it is more talked about and more popular or at least a lot of people think I just have to get organized. I just have to go out, you know, and buy the bins and baskets, and everything will be fine. But what I have seen is that, you know, they spend a lot of money on these bins and baskets, right? But then their toddler goes and dumps them out, and it's like, oh wait, I still have the clutter. It was just tidied and put away, and it looks nice. But wait a minute, like this didn't actually solve my problem here. Mm -hmm. So I talk a lot about why just getting rid of stuff is better and easier, and honestly, more affordable.
2: Yeah, totally. And like, I'm just imagining that scenario happens all the time in my house. Like I have some, some baskets and bins for toys downstairs. And literally every day, my son comes over to the basket of bazillions of cars. Like this is a big struggle with him is all the cars that he has. And he loves every single one of them. So it's not like I can just (laughs) call the herd of cars. But he just dumps them out every single day and picks out a couple that he likes that he wants to play with that day and the rest of them I have to clean up later. So it's just such a great example of sure it's in a nice pretty basket, but like for how long and it would be a lot easier if I just had five cars hanging out instead of 20
1: yeah, I actually I almost feel like it's a two-step process. For me at least, it would have to be decluttering as a piece of it, and then the organizing, but you still have to deal with the root of the issue as to why you hold on to things or why you continue to buy new. And I know that there's also other more sustainable efforts out there. Like I know we talk as you know, clothes being one of them. I know Liz talks about this, my friend Anna talks about this newly rental clothing rentals, um, or then um. What's the other one? There's other rental boxes. I can't think of what they are off the top of my head, but then also donating. So like, I have a lot of stuff that I can donate to Goodwill. Like, I love how you talked about like giving back to people who can love on them. I actually even saw, and I didn't know this, Athleta's is a B Corp and I knew that, but they now have a section on there called Pre-Loved. And I guess it's previously owned athletic gear. And I think that that's amazing. So I think as a community, as a whole we may be looking at some more efforts for sustainability. Oh, Madewell has it too. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's really great too to help with kind of getting rid of stuff, that stuff is only a piece of our of an attachment to something, not always what we actually need.
2: Yeah. Oh, this has been such a great conversation. And I think it's gonna be so timely for January because I'm already thinking, looking at all my Christmas stuff, like, oh, got up get all this stuff out of here and tidy things up out of my house. So um, is there anything else that you would like to share with us? Like we'd love to have people be able to find you and find your membership and um, all of that. So we'd love to hear how our listeners can connect with you.
0: Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at the clutter and dwell. I'd love to connect with you there. Um, And then I have a leave a freebie that you can download. It's called the Simple Life Starter Kit, uh, which is a great starting point to just dive in and take that first step. Um, and then the Simplicity Society is also my membership if you're ready to dive in and really get serious about starting the process. And both of those are linked in my bio and maybe in the show notes.
2: Oh, yeah. Yep. You're definitely going to have it in the show notes. Awesome. This
1: was excellent. I feel yeah. like I need your membership and I'm, I'm pretty good at decluttering, but I like the regular tips and tricks and like focus, because I think when people also have so many things going on, like knowing where to start is always the biggest challenge. So I think this will be super helpful for people. And it really is a little bit like hand holding, right. To feel like you've got the support to actually let go and, It's a much bigger topic than just the things, but the whole mental health piece to it. So we really appreciate you being here and sharing about your products and services. And I think that it's wonderful. So thank you.
2: Thank you so much for coming, Courtney. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Well, we will talk to you again next week. Have a good day. Thanks, friends. Thank you so much for joining us today. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not intended to replace professional medical advice or mental health services. If you are in a mental health crisis, please call the Suicide and Crisis Hotline at 988
1: or 911. Did today's episode of Perspectively Yours hit the spot? It would mean the world to us if you'd show us some love with these three effortless ways to help your fave podcast thrive. First up, the most important, never miss an episode by following or subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast fix. Just head over to our show page, tap the plus sign and select follow. Next, leave us a shiny five-star rating and review on your podcast platform. Your feedback helps us make each episode better and better. Last but not least, share your favorite episode with a friend. The power of word of mouth is undeniable and we would be over the moon if you spread the love about Perspectively yours.
2: Before we let you go, here's a fun fact. We met through Beauty Counter, our favorite clean beauty brand and are both brand advocates. If you've been looking for safer products that actually give you results, you can get 20% off your first purchase with the code CLEANFORALL20.
1: Don't forget to follow us each on Instagram at Ms. underscore Samantha Kehoe and Alexis dot the nourished beginnings. Send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to check out the show notes for any resources we mentioned.
2: Thank you for being here. We are grateful for your support and love.